Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy, co-hosted by me, Zivi Owens, and Tracy Cox, who is the author of 17 books and an international sex expert. We are the duo behind the TikTok viral sensation account called With Zivi and Tracy, and you should definitely listen to this podcast in which I ask Tracy three anonymously sourced questions each episode, which you can also enter at www.sextalkwithzivyandtracy.com and it's sextalk, S-E-X-T-O-K, to reflect our TikTok viral success. I hope you enjoy. Enter your questions on our website, listen up, send it to friends, and please rate and review our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy. Good morning, Tracy. How are you? I'm good. I'm especially good after listening to all those fantastic reviews. Yes. Listeners, I just read out loud all the reviews to Tracy because for whatever reason, she can't access them in the UK. And they were so nice. So for those of you who haven't put a review in, please do because we read them and we love them. And I like that everybody likes me being embarrassed because unfortunately, I can't really control that. So I'm glad it's working. No, I, I thought the reviews were really nice. Exactly. It's lovely that if you set out to do something, people are taking it exactly the way that we want them to take it and that we want it to be really relaxed, but really informative and something that, you know, that's not too, too sort of raunchy where you get embarrassed listening to it. And anyway, I, I'm really happy about that. It's made my day. Brilliant. Thank you, everyone. There was the comment we got on Instagram too about the mom who was listening to it and her son came over and she had to like, yeah. try to quickly change her... Um... <laughs> <laughs> the the podcast did not show you her son what she was listening to. So funny. Okay. Well, we have some great questions today. And by the way, of course, people in the reviews are saying how knowledgeable you are, which is great. And you're so funny and factual and like, it's just great. I love how you present information. And I don't you. Make, you certainly don't make me feel stupid for not knowing half the stuff, which somehow I just, I don't know. Anyway, you have a lot of knowledge and statistics and information. So it's, it's great to hear. <laughs> That's lovely of you to say. All right, let's do it. Question number one. I am 42. I have been single for three years and I'm starting to think I'm never going to meet anyone. Even worse, I know so many other women in the same boat. Why are there so many attractive, accomplished, together, single women and no men that fit that description? Where have all the good men gone? Do you know, I've been dying for a question like this because I read the most fantastic article on media, which explains, which gives you the answers to this. And I've been wondering this since I was about 35. So I think it's a question that everybody always thinks, hang on, this can't be just me. So in actual fact, you are not imagining it. There are many more attractive, accomplished, educated women over the age of 35 than there are their male equivalents. And the article that I read on Medium was called The Eligible Bachelor Paradox. And what it was, it's it's an explanation for this developed by a games theorist called Mark Gimian. I think that's his name. Right. Now I'll try and keep this simple. So his theory is, is that 
high quality women, so women who are attractive and women who are very socially adept, have all the bargaining power in the dating game when they're young, okay? So they, therefore, get very used to calling the shots. They they, they don't just want Mr. Right anymore. They want Mr. Perfect. Mr. Good Enough doesn't even get a look in, right? So they become very, very choosy. Now, as these women age, which they don't think reduces their value at all, a lot of these high quality bachelor men have peeled off and they've gone with less choosy women, right? So there's less of them to be, you know, to be chosen, less of them to choose from. Let's get it right. So you've got the high quality women who are getting older and therefore less valuable on the dating circuit, staying the same because they're not dropping any standards. And you've got the pool of men that they're choosing from is getting smaller because they're all peeling off. So the other thing that's happening is education. Now, today, more women than men in the US have college degrees or master's degrees. So it's completely changed around. So what do, you know, when you've got a highly educated female, you've got somebody who is delaying having marriage or babies, having babies or no, I'm going all over the place today. It's because <laughs> So you've got women who delay getting married, having babies because they're doing their degrees. Then what happens is they all go to the big cities because, of course, the big cities is where all the great jobs are. So all these eligible women go off to the cities and highly prize themselves because they're thinking, right, here I am. I've got this even better qualification, so I'm even more attractive. The trouble is men being the things that they are, which we won't call them superficial at all, that isn't the word, they want young and they want hot. So men in big cities who are eligible bachelors, the high flyers that all these eligible women want, are going for the young and the hot girls, right? And they don't care less whether they're educated or not. But the eligible women are still not becoming less fussy. So in a nutshell, what happens is that if you really want to be able to have the best possible selection, it's like your mother said in the old days, you've got to do it when you're young. That's when you have the most eligibility of eligible bachelors who are highly educated, earn enough money, went to the right schools, et cetera. Yeah, but that is like too depressing. You can't say that. I know. It's too depressing. You can't turn back time. Yeah, no, you can't. And this is the thing, right? The other thing that's all contributed to this, and also that's not all bad news, by the way, because what you also have on the flip side is that you have a whole generation of women who are financially secure and who will never have to stay in a bad or abusive relationship because they can look after themselves economically. And this is one of the first times that this has really happened. So we have a lot to thank ourselves for. Plus, there are a hell of a lot of single independent women who are very happy being single independent women, so who aren't even looking for relationships. So the other thing I think that's going to depress you further, but I think a lot of the problem is that we were sold a lie. We were sold a lie. I worked for Cosmopolitan magazine, right? The mantra of Cosmo was you can have it all. You can have the fabulous career. You can have the, the, the marriage and the babies. So a hell of a lot of us, all my friends, turned around at 40 and we went, right, we've had the great career. We want marriage and babies now. Where are all the men? They've all got married while we were having our fabulous careers. And turns out trying to get pregnant is more difficult than you thought. So there is all that that's been going on with women. And I think Sex in the City did the same. I think it glamorized the single life. I love Sex in the City, but I do think it glamorized it. And I think we all were kidding ourselves that, you know, all these men were on the same page and were waiting around for us. Well, they, surprise, surprise, weren't. Now, just because that happened doesn't mean that dating at 42 means you're never going to meet someone, but it might mean 
that they might not look the way you thought they were going to look. And who knows, maybe you should have settled for Mr. Good Enough, but maybe that wouldn't have made you happy. It wouldn't have made me happy. So like you said, we can't go back to it. No, you're not giving advice that people should settle when they're young. I'm not absolutely giving that advice. I am saying this is the theory as to why, and it makes sense to me. It does. It's all about, you know your worth as a woman, right? If you're attractive and you're successful and you're financially secure, you have a pretty good opinion of yourself. You know you're worth a lot. So why not be fussy? But I'm just saying that this is how it's happened, and I think it probably is how it's happened. So what I think that we need to do is if you're in that situation is to be a little bit more flexible with our roles and and which I have been like, I imagined myself with a real high flyer, a top notch businessman who was going to earn pots of money. And I ended up with somebody who was a businessman who doesn't necessarily, you know, make loads of money, but it doesn't matter because I make money. So how, how important is it? Does it really matter if he doesn't drive the car you thought he would, if he didn't have the high flying job that you thought, he would. The things that are really important, I think you recognize this when you get older, are behavioral and personality things. Intelligence, humor, kindness. Does he get on with your friends? You know, does he, is he nice to your mum? Is he nice to his own mum? All of these things are, you know, is he easy to get along with? These are the things that make people happy, not the status symbols that we perhaps might be hanging out for. Okay. That's what I'm trying to say. So if you shift your focus, it's not depressing at all. The other thing I would say for people who are dating is, and not sort of finding the partners that they want is don't ask for anything that you can't offer yourself. And having done loads of dating shows, you'd be surprised if these people had maybe, you know, they were asking for all these things that they couldn't offer to other people. It was like, well, how can you say to, you know, you've got to have this fabulous job if you haven't got one, or you've got to earn a certain amount of money if you're not earning a certain amount of money. So get your own house in order. And the other thing that I noticed with dating, particularly with people who are a bit older, is that we all do the same things and expect different results. Like I know people that, you know, go out with the same girlfriend every Friday night to the same pub and they still haven't met anyone at this pub. Change the pub. (laughs) Go to a different venue. You know, look elsewhere. You know, it is all a bit of a numbers game. Try new things. You've got to keep going out. Don't just keep doing the same old thing. And of course, the other thing is don't get caught into thinking that relationships are the be all and end all. You get life and joy and love from so many other things in your life, don't you? Not just relationships. I totally agree. I think like the main takeaway is it doesn't matter. I feel like when you're younger, you you it's about what's on paper. Like how does he look on paper, right? And like yeah. who cares? I mean, my husband now is like six years younger than me. So at times I'm like when I was sitting there in the hallway of my high school in ninth grade, like I remember this one conversation where like all my girlfriends and I were like sitting on the carpet by our lockers talking about like our deal guy. And like, is he out there right now? Like what's he doing? Our future husbands are out there. Well, like my future husband was in third grade. Like that's so <laughs> embarrassing. He was in lower school. He was like, anyway, you just, but who cares? We're so happy now and he's great and whatever. So yeah, I agree. It does not matter what's on paper. Yeah, and that is exactly, and I think this is the whole thing. And that's what this eligible bachelor paradox is, is that a lot of the women that he's describing are the ones that want it on paper. They are the tick, tick, tick boxes, which I used to be. I think we all were. I mean, I certainly was when I was younger. But yeah, as you get older, I think you want different things. And it's not dropping your standards at all. It's actually insisting on different standards that are far more important. Well, I wonder too, although we could talk about this the whole episode, 
I wonder if some of this is from an evolutionary perspective. Like I feel like an evolutionary psychologist or biologist or whatever would tell you that like you're trying to, you know, pass down the most valuable genes to your progeny. And that's why you look for like men with higher education yeah. and da da da. Like, you know, there's some something rooted in it for your, you know, procreation. But Oh, I'm sure there is. I'm absolutely sure there is. But anyway. Okay. So point is go to a new pub and good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You can't go to a pub, but you can't go to a pub. <laughs> okay. Question number two. I am interested in being polyamorous and dating more than one person at once. When is the right time to tell a new partner that you are intending on having relationships with more than one person? I feel like it will put a lot of people off. Yeah, I feel like that too. <laughs> Whoever wrote this. Yeah. Did you know what? 30 years ago when I was writing about sex open relationships, the only people who ever had them were swingers. They they were the only people. No one normal, in quotes, ever had a polyamorous relationship. And yet there was a massive study published this month. One in nine Americans has had a polyamorous relationship. One in nine. Define define polyamorous. That means that you're having more than one relationship that's either emotional or sexual. So so some people would have lots of sexual partners and none of them are really a a love relationship, but other people might have three people that they're in love with and have that relationship at the same time, right? So some people would call it playing the field, keeping it casual. And the other name is polyamorous. And this is a lot to do, going to be a lot to do with my answer, actually. And one fifth of Brits, by the way, are polyamorous and like lots of relationships at once instead of the usual monogamous model. And so lots of people are thinking about it and doing it. And I don't think it will replace the norm of monogamy, but I do think it's going to become a very viable, acceptable alternative because for years, anyone who wanted to have multiple relationships, it was really stigmatized. Okay. So when would you tell someone? I think that the time to tell someone is, it's really hard to answer this question because if you're only after sex, you don't really have to tell them because if you're just after a casual hookup, I don't think you need to tell anyone at any point because you just did it for the sex. And you have to look at why has this happened? Why have we become more interested in multiple relationships? And it's because of those hookup acts and things like that, because for younger generations, sex is so easily accessible that they don't place as much importance on it as we used to in previous generations. So that's what's happening with that. But the thing is, is that for the for the probably, and I'm all over the place today, Zivi, what's going on? No, you're doing great. The thing is, it's just because I've got so much information I want to give, it's just ridiculous. So when you're younger, I mean, people in their 20s these days, they have polyamorous relationships all the time. They just don't put a label on it. They just have sex with lots of people at the same time and don't even think about that. And I think one of my biggest points here is to this person who's written in, why would you label yourself? I think that polyamorous or polyams, it's shortened to, is such a scary word. I think lots of people don't really understand what it means. And I think it will absolutely scare people off dating because, you know, the fact is it flies in the face. If you have to explain what it means, why I want to have multiple relationships, most of us would like to feel like we're special enough that we, you know, It only takes one person to make you happy. I mean, people who believe in the one as a concept that there's only one person in the world who can make you happy are so far away from the polyam model that they couldn't be any further. And that is a 
<laughs> ridiculous concept when I tell you nothing gets me more riled than believing in the one I think it makes people so unhappy normally being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to health care it pays to be extra and United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So, but we can do that another time if we haven't already. So I don't think that you should label it. I don't, instead of saying, hi, you know, lovely to meet you. Yes, I'd love to go out on a date, but I just feel like I need to tell you that I'm polyamorous. I think you just go on that first date, go on the second date, and maybe on the second date, you say to them, look, I'm really enjoying getting to know you and having a great time, but can we keep it casual? Is it okay if we see other people? To me, I think that's a much less scary way than to sit someone down and say very seriously, look, I'm polyamorous, I do, let me explain to you what that means, et cetera, et cetera. And I would also say at the moment, because I know people who've been monogamous and ended up in polyamorous relationships. I know people who were in polyamorous relationships and have ended up in monogamous relationships. So you might change. People's feelings change. And they do change. And I have to say, the people who you think would be interested in this are not the people that you think, because one of my friends became polyamorous and she is cripplingly shy. She's so shy, it's not funny. She just, she's very conservative. She just come out of a long-term relationship and she decided she was going to become polyamorous. And we were all like, oh my God, <laughs> this is unexpected. And she loved it because she felt like it was much more honest to go onto a dating website that was for poly people, polyam people, rather than go out there and just have sex and not tell anyone that she was doing things behind their back. And that would be the other thing. When I did speak to people who I know are in this community, they said, look, instead of going down the when do I tell people route, if you choose your partners from a website that, you know, everybody is, is on the same page, then you don't have to have that problem. So, and she suggested a, a dating app called Belt, Field, F-W-L-D, another one called Open, More Than One is another one, and Polyfinder, F-I-N-D-A. These are all websites that cater for people who want to have more than one relationship, so you don't ever need to go through that telling them. And also, if they are in, so if you type that in, it doesn't come up in your territory, just type in polyamorous dating apps and you'll find many of them. And so for all the people I spoke to, this did seem to be a pretty good solution because it, it they all you're all on the same page you're all wanting the same thing okay I did not now, even, I didn't even know this was a thing I didn't know that polyamorous was like a thing polyams websites like nobody over I mean maybe I'm just totally out of it but I haven't heard a soul even use that word before see it's becoming you didn't used to it's only in about I reckon about the last five years so I've been reading a lot 
a lot on it. Like if you're in my world, it is coming up more and more and more. And and I think maybe maybe it's more so in Britain, but it's not because the survey was American. It was one in nine people in America. It is very much the thing. But I just find it, it's just like saying people want to, you know, sow the wild oats. I don't know why it's suddenly become this very woke term on top of it. But anyway, there you go. Now, if anyone's out there and thinking that they do want to try being having casual relationships or polyam, obviously, if you're jealous or insecure, it's not the the way to conduct your relationships because you need to be very secure and you need to be very trusting. Don't be forced into having it. If your partner decides they want to try it and you don't, maybe you need to rethink the relationship. And also think about whether you want this for love and sex or love all sex because some people have a primary love relationship and then agree to have sex with other people but lots of people who are poly um, will have three main love partners you know or two main love partners so it's not just the love in the sex it's love all sex so think about how you're going to work it and also what you're going to tell your friends and family are you going to own up to this lifestyle or not be very clear communication between the two of you to make it work and also be honest about what you're getting up to. I mean, if you've made a decision to be, you know, open to other relationships, there's no point in saying, no, I wasn't with somebody else because, and that's another bit of a myth about this is that people think that if you agree to do this, that you're not a jealous person. That is not true. Plenty of jealous people do actually end up agreeing to these sort of relationships and then, you know, and having troubles handling it without set rules. So you do need to set rules. You do need to make your boundaries clear. And also just remember that feelings change because I've had a few people say, well, my partner's gone back on their word because they said they were going to be this and now they want to be that. Well, you know, we're human. We change our minds. It's all very interesting, isn't it? Bad idea to me. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm just going to stay part. This just, there is no part of this that, that seems to me like it's going to work, but great. People who want to have multiple partners go off in their own little world. That's yeah. The thing is though, our, we are capable of falling in love with 10 people at once. We, we Our human heart is very generous, but most people don't because it's so much hassle. It's, you know, it's, it's hard enough making one relationship work, let alone five, isn't it? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Definitely don't have time for that. <laughs> okay. Question number three. My question is about locations. What if your partner wants to have sex in risky locations? The kids seeing, the dog in the room. What if you want to have sex in erotic locations, beach, car, rooftop, and your partner doesn't? This question really made me laugh. And do you know why? It's because I would never have put the dog in the room as a risky location. I mean, what's the, well, it depends on the dog and what the dog's going to get up to. But how is that risky? I mean, the dog in the room. I mean, dog I answer that for me. You're not. I mean, the rock, the dog should probably not be in the room, right? No, I know, but why, I, I would call it off-putting, but I just wouldn't use the word risky. I just yeah, thought it was hilarious. But are we in agreement on that? You should have the dog leave the room. Yes, I think it's hardly embarrassing with the dog in the room or any animal because if they look at you, it's just embarrassing. It's too embarrassing. And I have heard of all sorts of s- stories which I won't repeat here about. Sometimes the dog wants to join in or comes up and jumps on the bed and start, anyway, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I found this question really interesting because... I also, P.S., would not say the kid seeing was risky. I think it's terrible. Exactly. And the dog should not be in the room. So I would say if your kid wants... I'm just going to jump in and say if your partner wants the kids to watch and the dog to watch, that like maybe you should run screaming away from that partner. I don't think they're saying... I don't think they're saying they they want them to watch, but the kids might walk in. Listen, kids do walk in on parents having sex, but I think nobody wants that to happen, surely. I think 
I it took me ages to figure out this question. I was like, so what you're I think what she's essentially saying is one of them wants sex in a risky situation at home where they might be caught by somebody that they know. And the other person wants sex in locations that all seem to be away from home and you might be caught by a stranger. Now, I wouldn't like to be caught having sex at any point, but if I was, I would much prefer to be caught by a stranger. I mean, to be caught having sex by somebody that you know would be absolutely mortifying and I would fear it would be burnt on the retinas forevermore and I would never want to see them again. It would be so embarrassing. So I'm kind of on the side of you who wants to take the the sex away from home and having it close to home and having your neighbours discover you and the kids and the dog is probably not a very good idea. But this is what I found interesting. You're essentially both wanting the same thing. You're wanting sex in an adventurous location with a dash of, you know, exhibitionism. You're both aroused by the thought that somebody might discover you. So you both essentially want the same thing, but there seems to be a bit of a standoff, like, no, I want to do it here. No, I want to do it here. So I wonder whether this is less about the locations you're having sex and more about competitiveness, like whether you're a couple who are very much like, you know, do we want to be right or do we want to be happy? And you both want to be right. So perhaps you should sit down together and try and come up with some locations together. So it's not your idea or their idea. It's you two coming up with locations together. And I was thinking of things like, the garden under a blanket or under the cover of darkness. So, or say you're away for the weekend, the balcony on a hotel or a public loo that's got a lock that's in a place where hardly anyone uses it. Things like that, that give a sense of adventure, but that aren't going to put either of you in any type of danger. What do you reckon? I think that's because it just seems you both want the same thing essentially, but you can't seem to agree on it. Oh, the other thing I was thinking is maybe your partner only wants the at-home location danger scenarios because he's worried about the fact that it's illegal so maybe that might be playing into it or comfort because the minute you take sex out of your home it sometimes becomes uncomfortable could be that legal to have sex like on the roof of your car of course, it's not legal. It's not legal to have sex anywhere other than in a confined space. But the police, if you if you use your discre- discretion and you don't, you know, take the mickey, I mean, they're not going to come along when you're under a picnic blanket and whip the blanket off and have a look at what you're getting up to. So long as you don't make, you don't take, you know, make it ridiculous that so obviously that you're having sex in public, I think you can get away with it if you are discreet. But, and if you are thinking of having sex in public or outside in the great outdoors, please don't ever do it in a foreign country. Like in Dubai, I mean, you don't if you don't know the rules, like in Dubai, seriously, if you have a sexy kiss and in front of the wrong official, you can end up in jail. I was in Dubai for three months. It is scary. And it's not so bad now, but it, it, they can put you in jail. So don't do things in a country that you don't know the rules about. Do dress for sex if you intend doing it. This means wearing a floaty skirt, a long skirt, without any underwear underneath. You know, it's going to be, you know, you you can hide. And most couples who do it remove very little clothing. So make sure that your clothes are easily accessible. You can take them off, put them on, or just have sex underneath them, like the skirt idea, okay? Most people, by the way, don't have full sex, penetrative sex. They tend to just do foreplay things because it's safer. It's much easier to extradite yourself. Have a story in place, work out your escape route, and definitely have a code word. So, you know, that says like someone's coming and it's not the two of you, but someone's coming, it's dangerous. <laughs> my tip would be, my tip is, if you are going to have sex where you could get caught, do it on holidays because there's there's no one's going to, you, you don't know anyone on holidays. You don't have to arrange them again. So you can get away with murder. 
you have to in in the Tracy model, you have to go on vacation, but not to a foreign country. Put on a long skirt, get on your balcony, and go crazy. (laughs) There you go. You summed it up perfectly. Great. (laughs) But it's an odd question, I thought. It was an interesting question, but it was yeah, they both want the same thing. So I do wonder where there's a bit of a power thing going on there. I like that, the sort of controlling you know the control over where they do it well I don't know I'm also like chuckling at the thought of a couple sitting down at their kitchen table being like what do you think you know beach or uh, (laughs) (laughs) like this public bathroom or whatever people do people do I guess you have to plan ahead of time whatever anyway okay (laughs) sex tip of the week Tracy what do you got is accept responsibility for your own pleasure. And if you don't, because if you don't know what turns you on, how the hell is your partner going to know? And I think we need to move away from this concept of giving someone an orgasm. Someone doesn't give you an orgasm. You take an orgasm by showing them and guiding them, you know, how to do it for you. So it's not like a seven course meal where they're out slogging and slaving in the kitchen and you just get to sit back and then come and eat it at the end. You have to actually contribute to this. So know your own body. Okay. <laughs> Check, please. <laughs> all right. Oh, well, thank Tracy for all of this fabulous advice this week. Amazing. All complicated answers, I think, this week. But anyway, never mind. You can't say that I don't give you enough information. Probably a little no, bit. No, so much information. <laughs> Always thought provoking and interesting. Oh my gosh. I'm like worried now about this sort of polyam situation becoming mainstream and, you know, getting. And you having to do it. <laughs> 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 no, I can't say it appeals to me either. I'm more than happy with just one, but I'll tell you what, it is becoming much more the norm. Like, I don't mean to judge anybody else. If you, for those yeah. of you out there who are doing, I'm not judging. I'm just saying that would not work for me in my lifestyle. No. <laughs> anyway, okay, enough of that. Anyway, all right, have a great week. Bye. You too. See you next week, Zibby. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy. If you want more from Tracy, she has a column on Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. So check that out too. Thanks again. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.